cartoon comedy podcasting community the people are represented by two separate yet equally important hosts myself agent will and my partner detective travis we the dedicated podcasters who investigate 1980s and 1990s cartoons are members of an elite squad known as the days past tooncast living by the oath adult conversations about yesterday's animations this is our story. Yes, it is. It's our job to make your television a safer place. A cleaner place. A better place. And it's scary enough to know that there are cartoon criminals out there right now. Crooks around every corner just waiting to commit crimes on you and everyone you care about. They're not gentle. No, not in the least. But Travis, what about the people who are supposed to be protecting us from those criminals? Huh? You've seen what these cartoon cops are capable of. I have. So who's watching the Watchmen? Who is policing the, the cartoon police? Well, today, it's Travis and me. Uh-huh. We're putting the police specialists of Empire City under the looking glass. Yes. Because we watched... We're talking about cops. We're talking about law enforcement. We're talking about the Central Organization of Police Specialists. Yes, yes. that is right, cops. This is a cartoon that I at least saw once when I was a kid. I saw, I think, no, I didn't. No, you didn't. I didn't. Okay, well. When watching it, I looked back and I was like, you know what? These, these characters look kind of familiar, but not necessarily so much. Which is a no. Yeah. I think I just pretty much said no in a different way. You gave me I'm a so long sorry. no. It's okay. I'm so sorry. I feel like I probably saw them more on the toy rack at Target than I did on a TV screen. Like, I have one memory that I think is attached to them, which is playing on my buddy's <laughs> fort. He had a, a golden On his what? On his fort. Oh, okay, sorry. Yes. His dog was named Stratocaster, like the guitar. And then we went inside, and his mom made really good macaroni and cheese. And then we either watched an episode of this show, The Cops... Or we watched RoboCop, the cartoon series. Dude, I don't know which one. Dude, with those cop glasses, you're like the best liar. You got the best poker face. Well, you tell me which part of that was a lie, because I mix the truth with the lie, because I'm that good. I think the mom and the Mac. I think you need to go back to cop school. You know Copper. what? I'm going to go right now. I'm going to put on that gray-on-gray sweatsuit you always see him wear in every movie. When oh, you're <laughs> training, always, you mean? It's always gray. <laughs> yeah, when you're in training school. It's never any other color. It's always gray. Well, yeah, they want you to look like shit. They want yeah. to, to, to debase you, essentially, <laughs> want, when you're training you to, to be a police like officer. They want you like you're fresh out of the um, sauna. They want you to look like you're a sorority girl on a Sunday morning going to pick up donuts for the crew. I got news for them. I always look like a sorority girl. <laughs> hmm, joke's on you, isn't it? I guess so. <laughs> I guess it is on them. Oh, wait. It just, it's on All me. right. Travis, uh, Detective Travis, please give me your report on the television show Cops, please. Can I please? Can I I'm asking you. 
All right, man. So, Cops was a, an American animated television series by uh, Deke Entertainment. Deke. Well, yeah. At the end of that, yep. uh, I was like, man, dude, I remember that. Tons of Deke shows in my life. I f- it, <laughs> what? <laughs> it, you heard me. <laughs> okay. It faded away, though. I can't. Uh, we're we're going to get into that. Yeah, we'll do a Deke on, episode yeah, for, after the filmation <laughs> episode. We we'll have to do a Deke and a Saban and everything. Yeah, yeah right. Um, so this this cartoon ran from 88 to 89. It used the tagline, fighting crime in a future time. They protected Empire City from Big Boss and about 19 million other <laughs> characters that they're going to create. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um this show was based off Hasbro's 88 line of action figures called Cops and Crooks. Yeah. Bitch. Because that's what we well, play not, as wait, kids not, is Cops not and bitch, Crooks, but... not Cops and Robbers. Yeah. And yeah, man, that's what I got. That's my little rundown. All right. Well, I, I'm going to have to bring this up with your, oh, please bring it up. your commanding officer that I do feel that you're stepping out of your jurisdiction with some of what you just said. Okay. Uh, because I have a case file on the cops, a, okay. a paragraph that, you know, spells out the idea of cops. And I do believe that you're out of order. Is this the, the Detective Wills paragraph? That- this is a special agent Wills case file paragraph okay. on cops. Okay. All right, uh, case file nine. Uh, Cops, real piece of work, this one. Uh, Animated series set in the futuristic Empire City following the Central Organization of Police Specialists, or Cops. A task force of augmented or specially skilled officers brought together to target an organized crime ring and its kingpin, Brandon Big Boss Babel. Did you get that? That's the Cops. Right. That's what they're doing. I mean, it's, it's a pretty easy setup. I mean, you've got a team of cops. You know what else is the easy setup? Your mom. I'm sorry. I think that was an easy setup for a joke. That's what it was. Swing and a miss. <laughs> it really appeals to me because I really do love cop shows. And uh, one of my very favorites is NYPD Blue. I grew up just knowing that it was the show that came on around the time I'm supposed to start getting ready for bed. The big drums would start like, and I would be bummed out because it's time to go to sleep almost. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I've now watched the first eight seasons twice and then the whole series once. Dennis Franz, if you want to come on the show and talk cops or any other cartoon show, please. Guys, get this out on the Twitterverse. Dennis Franz, Thundercats. Dennis Franz, Ghostbusters. <laughs> it really is another superhero show, though. It is. Like any of these. I, every show we watch, He-Man, G.I. Joe, any of them, it's just like, take your basic superhero stuff, where everybody's just super-powered, has some kind of crazy technology, and then mix 1% of something else into it. Mix yeah. a little space western into it. Mix a little bit of fantasy into it. Whatever. Yeah. But I, looking at the the cartoon, like just still images and stuff like that, like I got kind of excited about it because it was the cop thing. And then the opening to the show actually is pretty exciting to me. It is. Like it it's is. pretty fast paced. The animation's good. The villains. The animation is on point yeah, for man. This, this, uh, this show, man. I've it's said fantastic. it before. I keep expecting these shows to be really badly animated because they were just, they're just older. And what we find is there's only parts and segments of, of some of them. Of some of them. That, that are, are like, uh, let's say maybe the <laughs> filmation are like those have some sections that aren't so great but like for the most part they're actually pretty good Uh, i'll put it this way i like the crook designs that show up in the opening yeah i don't care so much for the crook designs that we actually got in the episode (laughs) and there's just a sameness to all of this stuff in the actual episode right like i i had a hard time telling people apart from each other well i mean they, they they show they show uh 30 characters like yeah, every second. <laughs> yeah, when on, on the roll call, 
at the end goes on the entire 30 or 40 seconds of credits and you're like i didn't see half dude, of those people in dude this i episode. dozed off i fell asleep during <laughs> yeah. during the roll call <laughs> i kept thinking they were like they were spacing out the characters they actually used in the episode and i was like i don't know who that is i don't, I don't know, know who that is like, i want to meet that person and listener if you are a listening listener they went through about about thirty five people at the end of that. I'm serious. No, I'm yeah. not. I'm not exaggerating. You got to match the toys, man. Yeah. You got to match the toys. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. The, it wasn't just the people in the episode. It was it was their whole line. <laughs> well, yeah. Of all the projected like characters too, yeah. like the ones that they have prototypes of, they're like throw it all out there. This shit. We don't know when it might come out. We need to have it covered. We really don't get into character backgrounds at all in this episode. No. Again, like. I'm not asking even for it's not so complicated because there's not that many that get involved in the yeah. show itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just don't know why anybody does anything. Like I've read about it, so I know it. Like I know that Bulletproof, their leader, is an FBI agent who was called in to handle Big Boss. The fattest the Tony Soprano of this ever. of this yeah. crime, you know, gang. But None of that's given out in the episode. Like, this guy has a bulletproof metal torso that he had to have to recover from injuries he got fighting Big Boss. None of that's... You don't even, you you see hints of this metal torso. Why not play that up? Like, show me the crazy shit. So, that's what it is? That's it's what a, it is. It's a metal torso. We're wow. living in the future, dude. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And see, I don't blame you for not doing that because if you don't go read the fucking Wikipedia article and read every character, how would you yeah. know? You don't need much more setup than there's a... <laughs> A crime gang that is so bad that they need to pull together the special task force of weirdos that they're either augmented superhumans or they just have weird uh, futuristic items that they use. Yeah. I don't know why these crooks are seen as so bad. They're really just dumb, like big sacks of meat. <laughs> None of them seem to pose any more threat than your typical criminal. None, right. Nobody's smart and or anything and like that. They're just wearing the, the worst Miami Vice Oh, dude, I will get, yeah, we'll, ever. we will get there for sure. Um, the setup for this, it's case file 29761, according to Bulletproof, who announces the beginning of the case. And the name of the episode is The Case of the Stuck-Up Blimp. So we open up. We're being reported to by Whitney Morgan. And she's telling us how there's a fundraiser party on this luxury blimp that's being, I guess, brought into the city. They're throwing like a fucking parade for the thing. Like yeah. there's confetti in the air <laughs> and you don't see any people. You hear them. Like they really skimped on the crowds. You hear them, but you don't see them. Yeah. I don't well, know. If, well, the, the animation took so long drawing the characters. They they couldn't draw. Maybe they so. They couldn't draw extra. Maybe so. You can skimp on, like you can make those cheapy. Like you can draw yeah. them not with fewer lines. Right. We pull away from this report and we see that none other than Big Boss is watching the biggest it. boss yeah man i'm gonna play a clip that shows you that lets you hear all the villains i kind of want to do it sooner than later so we can just talk about them with reference in order you will be hearing big boss rock crusher with a k berserko and turbo two-tone empire city's rich and famous eh? all stuck on that blimp what an opportunity let's go over the plan one more time Right, Big Boss. We crash the party on the blimp, destroy the radio so they can't call for help. And we steal all the loot we can carry. And I zoom up in a copter and collect the gang and the loot. Not before I cut the blimp loose. Once again, just like reaching for the the lowest hanging villain oh, for <laughs> voices sure. that you can dun, find. Dun, 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 uh, yeah. dun. I, I felt especially close to Crusher, Rock Crusher, who was the second one who spoke because yeah. he reminded me so much of the baby ghost from Ghostbusters. Oh, you yeah, love I just baby knew, ghosts. and I knew that you loved him, so oh, I thought God, you might really man. appreciate. It. That's why I chose this cartoon. Love to hate him. I want to talk about these guys. We because there are 
other half. I mean, they're like it's almost like an ensemble show because we really get to spend a lot of time with these crooks and get yeah. to know them a little bit better. Uh -huh, so, uh -huh. of course, we start off with Big Boss. Yes. If you can't tell by hearing him, he is a a fat dude. <laughs> That's my the best way I can put it. In a white suit, so and how P could he not be so PC? He's got like I don't know if they're liver spots or acne or whatever on his face. But he's it's, just like it's actual pepperonis. <laughs> just it's left on there. They left. Yes. Yeah. He just he eats such giant pizzas that they just get left on his face like yeah. crumbs, basically. Yeah. And He's basically Edward G. Robinson meets Dr. Claw. Because yeah. he has like a metal hand that never, I mean, this guy never does anything in the episode except for talk. And he's stroking a cat when we first meet him. But he talks like this, say. Now to take me alive, say. And I love that shit. I mean, I love any of these classic. I would rather them not even come up with any more new voices for cartoons. Yeah. I just want retreads of either classic actors or cartoon characters that have already existed. <laughs> I can't handle anymore, and I feel like we've already perfected it. That's how you can tell I'm old, by the way. Yeah. It's because I don't want anything new well, anymore. There, there is nothing. There is nothing. I it's mean, all discovered. If, if we don't steal it from the British, then there's nothing. <laughs> like we stole this fine land that we're sitting on right yeah. now. <laughs> so that's Big Boss, and he he doesn't play a big part in the episode. He kind of looms large in the background. He's, mm -hmm. he's the kingpin of the whole thing. Next on the list was, I feel bad for this guy almost, Rock Crusher. Genetically, he's very unfortunate. I will put it that way. Yeah. He, he is deformed. <laughs> he has this huge, like, steam shovel jaw. He's, his, he's got pegged teeth, and all of them, like, he's missing half of them. He's a, a big brute of a man, just built like a, a monster. And he sounds, everything about him screams learning disability. Oh, But he's shit. not always stupid. Like, he's not really even that dumb. Yeah. He's, he's sometimes stupid, but it's like, the hey, you don't like that. You know, I, if I talk like this all the time, what do you do, you know? <laughs> I started to wonder if this is an act. Maybe this is just how he sounds, and yeah, so you know he what? got treated dumb. Yeah, even if you were teaching me calculus and you talk like that, yeah, yeah, you'd still be considered, you know. Oh yeah, you wouldn't. You couldn't. I could sit there and not know what I'm talking about, but if I sound like I do, you're probably gonna listen to me. But if you talk like this guy, oh, no wonder he turned to crime, and so he got no respect. No one ever gave him opportunities. It's discrimination, man. Mm. You mean discrimination? <clears throat> yeah, I did that. Yeah, he did. You big fat did that right in the middle of our podcast. Play <laughs> <laughs> you don't hate. Also, I, I want to on Crusher. He is still wearing. We're talking about fashion, right? We're yeah. talking about fashion. Oh yeah, because we got to open up the fashion door on I, I all mean, of these people. There's only one yeah. way to do it. Yes, Rock Crusher is wearing a striped like prisoner suit from I don't know the 1920s, but just the shirt and it's kind of ripped. And then he's wearing the little prisoner hat that you'll see on like cartoon prisoners from the 1920s. Striped, kind of black and white. I don't know if he is in and out of jail so often that he just doesn't bother to like change out of it. <laughs> or if he's so institutionalized that it's kind of like <laughs> like it's his blankie. You know, it keeps him like this is what feels right to me is yeah. to always be <laughs> In prison clothes. Just to sleep on the floor yeah. all the time <laughs> exactly. at your place? Yeah, that's why he, he answers to Big Boss so easily. He calls everybody boss. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Next on the list, we have Berserko, the funniest voice on here easily. Yeah. I have to assume that the actor based the voice on David Lee Roth. Such like a party dude, such like this horse voice, like, yeah, man, let's do it, dude. And he's like losing his voice almost all the time. There are, there are takes where you can't tell what he's saying. Like, not that bad. Sammy Krulos is he? <laughs> had, oh, he's gone. Okay. See you, buddy. Yeah, it's good seeing you. Bye. The thing about Berserko, 
is that he's got this crazy delivery with his voice, just always, he's berserko, I guess. But, <laughs> yeah, whatever that means, I guess that means, ah, baby, yeah! But he could not be designed more boringly. Like, he's just a blonde, big-ish, muscular guy in a blue shirt with a big collar. If we if we can address this real fast. Yeah, please. Back then, I mean, in the 80s, yeah. the, the blonde hair color was just a hard yellow. You know Especially I mean? if you're a cartoon character. They, they couldn't figure out a more blonde no. tone. It was just freaking, it was Crayola. It's impossible. Crayola yellow. I think it's impossible to actually create correct blonde hair on screen. Yeah. I think the coloring, the technology is not caught up to it to this day. Yeah. To this day. If you think you're seeing proper blonde on TV, it is an optical illusion. Yeah. You've been tricked. <laughs> You've been bamboozled. Yeah, no doubt, man. Basically, they could have just put David Lee Roth, like a copy, like with like leopard print tights, like doing jumping and doing jump kicks and stuff like that. Like yeah. that would have been a great character to sh- throw in the show. At least give him long hair. But Berserko, as it is, is just a dude in white pants and a blue shirt uh-huh. and uh pretty boring. And they, and the main henchman. He's he's the main Well, I don't I don't know who the main henchman is because between him and Rock Crusher, there's no leadership. Berserko's got a lot of screen time though. Oh, I also just can't tell between the way that they interact. They're both played as not not terribly dumb, but not very smart. Right. Whoever's talking at that moment is in charge. Just at any given time. That's why right. when Big Boss is talking, he's in charge. But when they're gone doing their own thing, whoever's talking to the other one is the one calling the shots, apparently. <laughs> like that's just how it gets yeah. decided. That's why I always talk on this podcast. Oh. To stay in charge. Better watch yourself. Man. Bing, bing, bing. I'm just it's a power struggle every day here at DPTC Studio. Oh, you get some finger guns. Look, I'm on modified duty right now. They took away my real firearm. Yeah. Yeah. But they didn't take my glasses. No doubt. Finally, and this guy plays like he has like no screen time almost, but Turbo Two Tone, he has glasses, sunglasses, and he has like chops that go into a handlebar mustache, yes. like he's Lemmy from Motorhead. But God, just what a forgettable character! Like all he does is fly the chopper, and he has like no personality to speak of the other chopper. than being. <laughs> they're built very like they're all the same height. Yeah. They're all the same kind of. I'm muscular, but I also eat too much. Well, they build. were all they were all taken from the uh, He Man. Oh, dude, I don't think they're in this good. Yeah, well, the same (laughs) idea of let's not, guys, you don't have to redesign the human body every time you draw a new character. Yeah, You you have bad guy builds, good guy builds, and female builds, and that's it. Mm -hmm. At the end of all that, they're saying we're going to break into this thing. We're going to, it's not a bad plan, like to infiltrate this party and rob the rich people and everything. That's not so bad. Big Boss at the end of it says, well, you can't do this job without tuxedos. Because you have to blend in with the crowd. Yes. I guess times are really tough for the Big Boss crew. Because he's not going to spring. He can't spring for shit to even rent a tux for the people in his crew. They're not making any money, apparently. And I think he would he would attract better henchmen if he was willing to put a little invest a little bit of money into this operation. Right. Yeah, th- th- that was a weird plot. <laughs> I, I mean, it's only there to connect us to this little thing that happens next. Yeah. I Here, here are the two things I... I wondered, here are the two options I'm putting on the table, and you tell me if you want them. Number one, they are just not doing very well as a criminal organization, so nobody's carrying around very much. They don't have money to spend. Yeah, no one's paying dues. Yeah, yeah, their union is in shambles. Yeah, Yeah, because Rock Crusher's heading it up. And then number two is that they're just such criminals, they're just such big fans of crime that they refuse to buy things. They don't want money to spend it on things. They just steal everything in the world. They, they're, the, they're those kleptomaniacs that like steal candy bars when they have 50 bucks in their pocket. Mm. You know who you are. Yeah. Travis. What? But they know they need tuxedos to pull off this heist. And we cut down 
to Empire City itself in the middle of the day. This is supposed to be kind of sometime in the future. That's all we know. It's near future, I guess. Near enough that you have like robot dogs that work for the police force and that's sort of laser guns and that sort of thing. And and the the robot camera that, yeah, that yeah, follows the, exactly. uh, the reporter around. Talking, you know, AI is at its high, but like New York basically looks like this is the same New York that's in the Ninja Turtles that's in any other yeah. cartoon show at that yeah. time just with robots drawn over it or whatever <laughs> at any given time. Same thing with the precinct. When we actually see the precinct, even the other officer that's there is just a woman in normal police clothes. So yeah. it's just kind of like they traced over a cop show. Maybe that's what it was. They they pitched like a police drama that was in cartoon form. They said, eh, it needs more robots and cyber shit. And then they said, okay, cool, we can do that. And then just... Yeah, 80s, 80s cartoons only knew one, one kind of New York yeah. facade. <laughs> Zany New York, am I right? Yeah. Yeah. So we cut down to Empire City and coming out of... Okay, this is what I think the name of the Tux place was. Okay. Tux Tub. Oh yeah, I didn't, oh, no, I didn't no. get that. It might have been hub, but I swear it looked like it said tub because they wrote they put instead of like the first letter of each word, they put some object, you know, in place of that. But right. tux tub just sounds like it's a gigantic like jacuzzi where you just run by and like pick up pieces of tux that you need or steal them. Tub to me implies <laughs> it's just out in public. You can yeah. just take one. Take one, okay. you know. Okay. It's like Halloween, you know, it's a tub of candy that they leave out with a note that says take however many. The tux tub. Also, it could be like an app though. Tux hub. Yeah. You know. It's like uh, the neighborhood app. It's like, who has tuxes in the area? I need five of them because I'm getting married tomorrow to five dudes. Oh, dang. Yeah. No, this is a hypothetical. It's in the future. Yeah. So probably that's okay at that point. Polygamy and- I'm going to five blimps tomorrow <laughs> and I'm marrying five dudes at each blimp. And I can't wear the as same tux at each one. 25 dudes. Exactly. Whoa. 26. Whoa, your math just that's went crazy. That's five times more than I said. We get to meet our first cop officially and his name is Hardtop. From judging from this cartoon, his specialty is afraid of heights. Yeah. Because that seems to be his only real he has two character traits. He is afraid of heights and he's ashamed of it, I guess is the other half of that. And that he is uh, a straight lady killer. Yeah. Well, eventually, yeah. yeah. He, he's he's into the reporter from the beginning, Whitney. But right now he's walking out. I guess he just bought a tux. It's not on him. You don't see it. He's not carrying anything. Okay, I have a clip here. There is a man who runs out of that <laughs> that tux store. You can tell it's 1988 because this guy was allowed to do this voice for this character. Let me play it. All right. Let me. Yeah, but hey, man, listen. Here's your computer. Play it. Thank you. Officer, you forgot something. No tuxedo is complete without a top hat. Uh, thanks. Ta-ta. Better hurry or I'll be late for that fundraiser. Hello, everybody. How are you doing today? You're looking fabulous. I mean... I can't. <laughs> I don't know. I, what you, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know if I should be proud of them for even putting at least an effeminate character in there, or if I should be disgusted. I mean, don't be disgusted. Well, it, don't it, tell me how to feel. Number one, Travis. <laughs> number two. <laughs> number two. If you remember doo -doo. that that the '80s movie Mannequin uh -huh. opened up a huge door for the flamboyant. Did uh, it? I don't remember anything about mannequins. So you're. You don't remember I'm that? I'm just going to believe anything you say about you it. You didn't watch that movie? I'm sure Man, I saw it. I just don't remember a, a flamboyant they, they character. They a flamboyant designer best friend okay, character yeah. in it. Okay, it's always a best friend, too. I think this he, guy he, should have more of a role on the show. He was, he, was the, he was the black flamboyant guy from Designing Women. Okay. Oh, okay. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I love that guy. Okay, yeah. Well, this guy <laughs> this guy looks like a French... You, ass, you know designing. You knew the Designing Women. Yeah. Not Mannequin, though? Dude, I haven't seen Mannequin since I was pretty young. 
Scratch. All right. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, he was the one though. Yeah, he's great. I love him. He is. Well, this guy just looks like he'd be like a French butler or something like that. But he runs. <laughs> he works at the Tux place and he runs out after Hardtop. You can't have someone with that much personality next to Hardtop, who is just like bland, just like Cheerios, no sugar, yeah. like just as bland as possible. This guy is just a white what. <laughs> No, I was saying you. You're bland. I was oh, me you. bland. You're calling me bland? I got red hair, motherfucker. <laughs> this guy's super white bread. Like, he's just a... He's one of three Caucasian, uh, I don't know, Caucasian. late 20s, early 30s, maybe 40s men on the show that are main characters. And he's kind of our, our focus on this. And so I, I don't know what his specialty is. Like, he doesn't have a special hard head. His head isn't made out of metal, as far as I can tell. Like, he's not hard on people. He's not a hard case. What was his car like? Did he have a hardtop car? I, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> is it just a car? Is it just a normal car? A car with a hardtop? Hard top. I have I a truck, so. and it's, hard, it's its top is hard. It's not soft. That's pretty typical for cars. Where I come hard from. Hardtop. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know what that is. I'm just joking. Well, this so this <laughs> butler runs out and is like, you forgot your top hat. Yeah. There are two of the crooks that we mentioned earlier walking down the street in their shitty clothes. If the fashion police saw them, they'd be arresting them immediately for having white Instantly. white pants tucked into black boots and a coral <laughs> shirt or whatever. Yeah. Like that's not in suspenders and everything. These are very suspicious people. Hardtop is on cops. This is a task force specifically put together to target and take down Big Boss's crime family, of which these are two very prominent members. He doesn't recognize them. Yeah. He should know them right away. This is his only gig. This is what he's all about. And he doesn't recognize them. They're going into the Tux tub, show. Tub. <laughs> They're going to the Tux tub. And he has to put it into his computer. All I don't even know what he puts into the computer. He types an ID number. What does that mean? He types an ID number and then these like bits of people's faces come up and then finally match the right people. None of that technology makes any sense. Like, like he, you don't think so? Well, he look okay. So if I see you, Travis, on the street, I'm like, hmm, I'm not sure if I recognize him. Then the computer puts together like a profile based on a number I put into it that comes up with your face. I wasn't watching closely. You sure it was a number? It was a number, dude. It was, it was like it was like a phone number, is what it looked like. It was oh. like some two dashes in it. Because I was about to make the defense that. It might have been like, you know, a description. There, there is no argument to be made. This <laughs> okay. was just bad. Yeah. Now, there are some questionable things in this. Oh, but yeah. I, that won't even make it to court. Oh, if you okay. want to take me to court on that, you will be soundly refuted. They come flying out of that tux place with like 10 tuxes. This is Hanna-Barbera level criminality. Like they're just giggling and running. Hats just flying off of them like cash out of a, a cartoon bank robber, basically. <laughs> like, why do you need a task force for this level of crime? It's, it's, it is silly. It's man. very silly. These guys are not good at what they do. Why are you having to escalate to cyber cops when this is all you're dealing with? Maybe. Hard top's thing is he uh, he only sees descriptions and numbers, and that's how he communicates. Do you think that's okay? Now, <laughs> let's run with this for a minute. I want no, you can't unsay that's it. That's how he sees things. You know, okay. he, he hears he hears colors. You know, he so he has synesthesia. Yeah, yeah. He sees smells. He's you know his, his dyslexic is and you're and you're his just strength. I'll work on that. <laughs> <laughs> And so Hardtop runs after him. Hey, stop, police. You know, it's pretty obvious. He's in full police regalia. And uh, he chases him into I an alleyway. It's a good word. Yeah, I know it yeah, is. Yeah, not used often enough. Yeah. But it's easy to use it too much. So that's another one I've been saying a lot. I've been saying nefarious a lot. Nefarious carries a lot of weight. It does. But, yeah. I, but I've said it like three times a day. Ooh, no, no, no. That's like, way too much. But it's around different people. 
Yeah. But I still know that I've said it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have that, you carry that shame and that guilt. You know <laughs> yeah, what you've done. Yeah. Yeah. It's the honor system, man. Yeah. Finally, Hardtop rounds the corner and he says, where are my criminals? Well, they're crawling up the fire escapes, which are just the same as they were in 1977 in New York, apparently. And he's already not happy about this because he doesn't like heights. I don't like heights, Travis. Like when we would go to Wet n' Wild when I was a kid, the stairs going up to the slide, I didn't like them because they didn't, you could see through the steps. There would yeah. be like a, like a space there where you could see down. You know what? What? Little Will, buddy. I don't like heights either. Really? Yeah. Dude, I'm so glad you told me that. I, I was kind of worried like you were Superman about that sort of thing. No, 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 no. Yeah. Do, you you ride, do you ride rides? Do you ride the, like... I do now. Rides? I didn't as a kid. But you do now because you want to, or you do now to impress other no. people you go with? Well, I don't I don't go with anybody, for starters. <laughs> and I go alone, because this is for me. Okay. I do me, okay? Yeah. I might be impressing some of the people who are there with my ability to ride rides. But yeah. no, man, I, I didn't go on a real, uh, I was going to say helicopter, but I meant to say roller coaster, until I was in ninth grade. And I went with two buddies who just kind of kidnapped me for the day. It was to basically not impress them, but to not be embarrassed not in front of them. Not to depress them. Yeah, depress them with my <laughs> my uh, wimpiness. Yeah. And so, and then I went, and I was like, this shit's awesome. I went, uh, I went in 10th grade. Oh, for that was the your first, first time. Okay. And I was scared shitless. I actually cried next to my oh, next wow. to my girlfriend. I would never admit that. It was so sad. Yeah. She stayed with me. Maybe she for liked a little bit. <laughs> okay. I was gonna say at first I was gonna say maybe she liked you being vulnerable, but if it was just a little bit, then she just felt like obligated. Just a little bit. She felt she, obligated. Yeah. She couldn't break up with you right then, you might kill yourself. Yeah. Yeah. She can't be responsible for that. <laughs> So I don't blame him for the heights thing, but I could probably get up some fi a fire escape like this, but that's about where I would cut it. Like, yeah. I wouldn't enjoy it. The crooks get to the edge of the rooftop, and I don't know if all the crooks are just assumed to have, like, borderline superhuman strength. Turbo Two-Tone just rips the gutter off the side of this building and then makes a little balancing beam with it to cross the space between buildings. Yeah. And he and Berserko, they can't even do it successfully. They drop all their tuxes. There's a bunch of slapstick music playing. It's ridiculous. They somehow escape death and just fall onto like a balcony but yeah. i wouldn't cross that thing ever and i wouldn't expect a police officer to either not even a special cops oh a c dot o dot p dot s yeah dot pdf <laughs> i wouldn't expect that and Man. i wouldn't do that myself for sure mm -hmm. i will say like i don't blame him but hardtop tries to do it and he just like immediately jumps down and is just hugging that gutter and he could not look more cowardly. The way that they animated him, it's just like a poor little cat in a tree. Yeah. Like if they just like animated that's like some sad. urine just like appearing in his pants, that's the only way they can make him look worse. The that one moment. the one I watched actually had the urine. There. I think you Travis, didn't watch that? Too silly for your own good. It can get you into trouble. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, so like I I would probably react the same way as Hardtop is, frankly, and I probably would have pee stains in there. Then Hardtop is just left there hugging this gutter. Stories up in the air. I don't know how he gets away from it because he's just like murmuring to himself like he's had a psychotic break. Just going like, ah, ah, huh, huh, huh. And then they fade out on it. Yeah. How does he even get down? Answer me. Oh, um, wings. He had wings? No? He had hardtop hard hard top wings? He had a hardtop airplane, apparently. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cut over to police HQ, the precinct, and we get to meet some of the other cops finally. Bulletproof is number one. Like, he's dressed to impress. Because when I want to impress people, I make sure to wear a turquoise suit yeah. and a pink bow tie. 
and I'll never take off my sunglasses no matter what you say. It doesn't matter what time of day. It doesn't matter what event. I have. I would assume that Bulletproof, who's the guy who has the metal torso, right? I would guess, based on the fact that he's always wearing these sunglasses, that he has mechanical eyes that look weird and that yeah. he doesn't want people to see them. But no, that's just how cool he's supposed to be. And by the way, you've taken your glasses off so you can see your computer screen, Damn right? It. <laughs> Damn it. Travis, you're ruining it. God, I can't even... Hold on. Okay, okay, okay. I'm cool now. Okay. okay. All right, cool. Oh, shit. You're like, I can't see, though. I can't but, read, but, but I'm I cool. It's worth it. It's worth it completely. I hope you can't hear on the mic that I had my glasses <laughs> off. Bulletproof is dressed up. He is going to the fundraiser, and he is looking for his date, Hardtop, basically. They're going as... I think they're just going to represent... Like, the police force isn't all about uh, firing guns and catching criminals or failing to catch criminals because right. you have a fear. Uh, they're also about going to shindigs, mm-hmm. soirees, events. if you will, yes. events. Very, very, very Bruce Wayne of them. Yeah, absolutely. Good, good call. That's Thank what it you. feels like a little bit. It does. It does feel like Batman's out on a mission. Yeah. But Batman's wearing turquoise and pink <laughs> and glasses. He has to ask these three cops that are just hanging out playing Breakout, yeah. which is a video game from 1976 that apparently they're still playing in the near future on their like PC thick monitored computer. Long arm. You have Barricade, and you have Mace. Longarm and Barricade, I got confused immediately because they are two more guys who look like Hardtop. These are the other two of, the, like, the Caucasian three brothers yeah. who became – like, they should be, like, the Irish family that are all police officers. They should have written that story into these three guys' th- like background. As it is, it just seems like it was just laziness on design because they all dress the most like cops, too. They're, they're all made in the same the same mold. Yeah, absolutely. They probably were, just like a, like a slight repaint on, yeah. the, on the action figure. But Longarm has, like, these cuffs that he can, like – just basically handcuffs that he can shoot across the room and get you with. I got a pair of those. What are you using them for, Travis? Let's just stick to the podcast, please. Then you've also got Mace, who is like the one that stands out of those three. He's wearing glasses. He's he shoots a giant laser in the opening. It's really cool. Like it's this like yeah, it's like this Akira. Like at the end of Akira, they have this satellite that beams down a laser and just like will shoot through anything. And that's essentially what he has. He doesn't use that in this episode, sadly. And I don't know what his specialty is. Does he carry around Mace like police Mace? His specialty is every morning. He makes breakfast, and instead of Tabasco, he uses mace to season the eggs and hash browns. Sounds like a nice guy. Yeah, that's what he does. That, that's his... That's, that's cute. His, that's his shtick. This is how he... Yeah, he, he gets a giggle out of it every mm-hmm. morning. Yeah. And there's also Barricade. I... I have no idea what his deal is, except unless he likes to get behind objects and use them as barricades, and that gets you the nickname Barricade, then why not? (laughs) Apparently, here's a piece of trivia for you. Since Hasbro owned the the toy line that this is based off of, some of the names of these characters are the same names as characters in G.I. Joe, but it was okay legally because they were owned by Hasbro. Really? Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't mean like they intentionally did that. Wowzers. Various. Yeah, they just had ones where they're like, don't worry about it. Yeah, because they just can't be bothered to come up with something better. There's no rules. What could you call this guy? Bulletproof comes out and asks these guys, have you seen Hardtop? They're saying, no, but I bet he's trying to get ready for that sweet Whitney Morgan that he's got such a big crush on. The reporter from earlier and Hardtop comes in. He is so bummed out. He's wearing his tux, looking pretty good. A normal-looking tux compared to Bulletproof, like showing a lot more restraint in the fashion department. Yeah. <laughs> but he's just totally bummed out about this whole thing because one of them says she's into, like, tough cops. He's like, well, that's not me. And then they look at Bulletproof as they're leaving, like, oh, what are we going to do about our friend's emotional situation? Like, these these cops are really tightly knit, <laughs> apparently. 
Friends Thanksgivings all, hey, all around. Friends to the end. Yeah. And this is what I keep saying. The heroes always win in these shows because they band together as buddies. Mm-hmm. Buddies forever. Let's take a listen to what these cops all sound like. In order, you're going to hear Bulletproof, Long Arm, Barricade, Hardtop, and Mace. Along with Weasel Pants. <laughs> I made that up. I'm sorry. Has anyone seen Hardtop? We're going to be late for that charity dinner. He'll show up, sir. Hardtop had never missed a chance to meet his uh, dream girl. You mean Whitney, uh, Whitney... Whitney Morgan, the best darn reporter in Empire City. I hear she goes for big, tough cops in uniform. Well, I guess that leaves me out. Let's go, sir. So you can hear that there are two distinct voices in there. Yeah. And then there are three voices that are just faceless. And those are the three guys that I keep harping on because I can't differentiate. I have, like, face blindness when it comes to these cops. Like, yeah. I just cannot. They, they, they blend together. And it's not interesting. It doesn't keep my attention. That's I'm, kind of the. I'm right with you on it. Like, we were talking about it a little bit before we started recording. Like, the show is, there's potential to it. But there's this layer of, like, kind of boringness and flatness. Right. And part of it's the design, I think. Like, some of the designs are cool. But some of them are just like they were out to lunch that day. Yeah, they phoned it in. Yeah, just put a cop costume on them. No, that's fine. Yeah, I know I said that for the last guy. Just do it again. Listen, watch watch an episode of G.I. Joe and just remake that. <laughs> yeah, but not as good. Can you do that for cops and less good? Sure. Thanks. <laughs> less gooder. <laughs> Bulletproof, in the next scene, he and Hardtop are taking this elevator up to the blimp. Like there's a platform that you have to go up to and then it connects. And Bulletproof says how long have you been afraid of heights hardtop looks at him and says how did you know hardtop is literally trembling <laughs> on this elevator like he he looks like he is he has suffered a trauma yeah from being up on that that thing he shouldn't be going to this event at all like he is a loose cannon probably because he's l- more likely to pull his gun if he hasn't on him <laughs> P- ptsd yeah like PTSD. seriously it just seems like he's just sitting there ha, ha, ha. no I'm, I'm good I, I'm, I'm good i really want to see this lady this reporter lady is too important to me because he's trembling but how, how did you know it's like if i'm sitting there just like spittle forming on my face because i'm so <laughs> frothing at the mouth because i'm so fucking afraid of this yeah, thing right i feel like they want to sell us bulletproof like he has a lot of uh gravity to him but i gotta say as cool as his voice is it's a really flat delivery all the yeah. time. Unless we're supposed to think like maybe he lost his personality in the accident that gave him the metal torso. I got a still brain and still personality. Yeah. He- we get a good look at this event, and it is a, a gala, I would say. A soiree. A soiree. Like yes. Yeah. Pe- I mean, there's people with. It is the Catalina wine mixer, but. Up in a blimp. Up in a futuristic, semi-futuristic blimp. Yes. People, styles pretty much match what was being worn at the time, for yeah. the most part, I, yeah. I assume. They, they went as far into the future as 1996. <laughs> yeah. About that, was, it, that was their future. Yeah. And it seems like everybody has a helicopter in the future. Yeah. Like, every, like catering services have a chopper. Because what we see is that the crooks, since they lost the tuxes and they apparently couldn't be bothered to just go steal them again or just go down to the street where they left them, they do have a bet. This is a way better plan, I'll admit. They've changed the plan. They have taken over this catering service. They took their chopper. They've knocked out. I guess they did it on the helicopter because yeah. <laughs> all the all the waiters for this catering service are tied up on the helicopter. And these crooks who are way too big for these uniforms are putting them on. And these clothes do not fit. Like you said, they're ripping right there <laughs> immediately. Like, I mean, yeah, you know, when you're like you're starting to gain a little bit of weight and your shirt start like the buttons start kind of have there's a little bit of give to it. Rock Crusher either is so dumb or so, again, institutionalized that he still has to hold on to his little prisoner cap, <laughs> like his little striped prisoner cap, which is not part of the uniform. Hey, I made a note here that yeah. this cartoon 
had the most ever, the most clothed man meat ever. Really? Everyone's buff. It is the meat show, but but no one's no one's exposing leg. No, you okay. know, no one is showing okay. the meat off. Well, yeah, everybody is wearing either a, like a they're either dressed up or they're in some kind of kooky costume. Right. Basically, yeah, it's like everyone everyone has um, tattoos underneath their. <laughs> yeah, their they're body. not allowed they're to wear to... them on the cartoon show. You <laughs> yeah. have to wear like a band over their arm yes. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I guess you know if it's not on display, then I don't notice it. That's I I have to I have to have my eye attracted by the naked flesh. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> I, I mean we've proven it a hundred times now. Yeah, I'll have to go back and take a. A much closer look. <laughs> yeah, I mean, did you watch this cartoon with the shades on? I've been doing most things with shades recently. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crying. Well, sleeping. That's just, yeah, we're sleeping and crying, usually at the same time. Showering yeah. and crying, going to the bathroom and crying, driving and crying, yes. eating and crying, and crying. <laughs> and crying. The plan here is pretty simple. They're going to dress up like waiters, and they're going to crash run. the helicopter into the... Bl- no? I mean, if, they, if that's their goal, they don't succeed. Okay. And they don't really succeed at their goal anyway, but no, they're just going to rob the people and get the hell out of there is the plan. They're going to rob people under the guise of being waiters. Now, I don't know when exactly they're going to implement that. They ultimately do, but I thought they were going to be like sneakier about it. You don't have to like reveal your plan. You could just rob people and you could steal from them and them not know it. That'd be way better, wouldn't it? True. They like committing very public crimes, but they're just... You mean big, big nefarious crimes? Big nefarious crimes. (laughs) In full regalia. B and C's in full R's. Yeah. Yeah. They're just scanning the scene in the city tonight because they're just looking for that jewelry and that cash. And it's really, I love this. paper. Dang, what? (laughs) What was that? That's, I don't have two hands. I'm drinking coffee. I can't do, I can't hold the stack and then slap the bills off of it. I can only slap the bills or hold the stack and then it wouldn't be any action. Some things had to be done together. I love this part right here. Berserko is just looking around the room. He's saying, oh, baby, like that. But he's looking at like a woman, but he's actually looking at her necklace. He's looking at a guy who has a wallet open who's just counting cash for no reason. A lot of money. A shit ton of bills, at least. <laughs> like a lot of 20s. That's what people do at rich parties. They just compare the amount of money that they carry around, I guess. But he is getting like genuinely <laughs> randy for all the, the wealth in the room. Like he's like, oh, baby. Like he's just like holding himself with, with joy. He can barely contain how much money is in there. And I swear that's what gets him off. And I don't think he spends the money on anything. I think he just gets off on the stealing from people. He's berserko. He's wacky, man. He's zany. He's klepto, man. You can hear it in his voice. And he's just, as a waiter, he is just dropping food all the time and no one ever notices it. He's like, oh, yeah. And then like all of his sandwiches fall off of his tray and then someone just walks right by, doesn't even look at him. Like, is that a normal thing for waiters? You were over there just deducting points. Oh, believe me. Waiter Will was deducting points. Yeah. I blame actually the extras in this. If this was actually filmed, I would be blaming them for not reacting uh, realistically to something happening in the room. Like, somebody should notice. I agree. I do it all the time. So Whitney Morgan, the reporter, is here reporting on God knows what, just the soiree, and she has a team of robots with her. This is her crew. It seems kind of random because you don't see that much technology being thrown around. Like, not everybody just has a butler bot or anything, but she has robots that actually speak roaming around with her, including a makeup robot, which I love. Makeup bot. I I didn't see that one. Oh, it's the one that, like, reaches out with, like, these giant pancake makeup appliers and just slaps (laughs) people in the face with it. Like, anybody she talks to, they start hitting them with powder. Um, And they do this to Bulletproof. Like, she walks up to Bulletproof. This is, like, a trope. I mean, I can only point to April O'Neil as the most specific reference, but 
it seems like every female reporter in cartoons is a one-dimensional character. Right. Their one character trait is being obsessed to the point of workaholism with getting a scoop. They will do anything. They will their body, they'll sacrifice other people, certainly, and other people's safety to get a story, to get a scoop. It sweeps. <laughs> I mean, I guess so. I think it's it's I don't know if it's lazy writing, if that's like the best way you can make a powerful female character is just one that works too much and is willing to do that. Or if it's it, dri- like, it drives the story. I it, you know, know I mean? you're right. I mean, that's really what it is. But it gets applied to like every reporter. Lois Lane, April O'Neil. It's, it's just the, the, the you know, the female lead searching for that story. I guess it's just so rote, man. It's powerful, just, you know? Yeah, super powerful. I was very affected by it. <laughs> I mean, what it does ultimately is make them kind of annoying, though, because she approaches everybody in this, some people multiple times for interviews, like, hey, you got a story? Hey, any cool stories? I'm looking for a scoop. Like, it's like she's begging for scraps from people. Like, anything interesting? Because I can't do any research on my own, apparently. We'll report for food. Yeah, but she won't even look it up. Is that reporting? She's talking to a janitor. Just anybody. I mean, I guess that's reporting. I don't know. I didn't go to journalism school. You, You told me you did. I tell you a lot of things, Travis. That's true. Yeah, think about it. Okay. Bulletproof turns Whitney down for a story. He basically just says, we're here socially. I don't have any leads for you. Uh, I think the part that he doesn't say is do your own fucking job. Ooh, yeah. That's yeah. what I'd be saying is like, <laughs> she wanders off like she's going to do her own thing. She says, keep me in mind if anything crazy happens, basically. And he says, no, screw off. Yeah. Well, probably. In t- <laughs> I feel like there's a lot that Bulletproof doesn't say out loud because he seems like pretty easy to get along with. Right. But he's so stoic that I feel like he's judging people all the time behind those glasses, behind those shades. He's throwing shade. Behind those robot eyes. Oh, baby. I wish he had robot eyes. Whitney wanders off after talking to Bulletproof. She's just walking around looking for any kind of scoop. She goes up to Rock Crusher. He has a plate of what is clearly sandwiches. If you see bread and then something else and then bread again, that's a sandwich. She says, what exactly are these things? To sandwiches. <laughs> Fucking sandwiches, dude. Like, I don't care how you cut up a sandwich, how you do anything. There is nothing more apparent than sandwiches. That's just a, a recognizable thing. This really stuck in my crop because it kind of becomes a, not a plot point, but like that causes him to say, what, what am I, the gourmet? And then like wanders off. And then Hardtop, who's over there bumming out alone, sees that he's treating her badly as a result of this dumb question that she asked. He says, she just wants to know what you're serving. Just tell her what you're serving. And he says, I'm not serving nothing. I'm on parole, which is a fucking dumb move, by the way. Stupid it as is, shit. man. And, but he, bro- all- he broke characters. He, he did. did. Yeah. Well, okay. These guys are way far off from doing any. <laughs> they need to hire people to do this. Again, if, if Big Boss would just put a few dollars into this business he's trying to build, he would really see something coming out of it, I think. Buy, buy them a couple of suits instead buy- of steal them. Or just, you know what? Hire somebody who's not a fucking idiot. Like... <laughs> Hire somebody to do the infiltration work that you're trying to get them to do. I think any of the people they're working with, aside from these guys, like Berserko and Rock Crusher, would be better because they don't look like a man monster. Big Boss's cat could have done a better job. (laughs) I'm wondering if the cat's calling the shots. Yeah, right. And that's why all these bad decisions are getting made. But her question throws into action all of these other things that kind of end up ultimately revealing their plot too soon. So it's like this thing that she says, which nobody would say, it's it just leads to too much for me to ignore it, Travis. Maybe he was driving the story by saying that, you know, he dropped all those sandwiches, he picked them up, they have carpet fibers in them, they look all rugged. And she's like, what are these things? Oh, you think, I, I do agree with the Maybe. what you're saying about his character, that he probably would just pick the sandwiches yes, back up. Yeah, yeah, he's got pieces of Berber in them and stuff, you know? Of what? Berber. What's Berber? Carpet. 
Really? It's a fancy carpet. Oh, Ber- wow. Berber carpet. Yeah, you get this Berber new job. Carpet. Suddenly you're talking about Berber. and <laughs> Don't hate, man. <laughs> Just because I have a good thread count on my carpet. Oh, sweet. Don't, don't get pissed at me. Man, thread count. Yeah. Actually, wait. This this is this slays me. Hardtop is it interacting with you? this guy. It slays me. <laughs> Hardtop is interacting with Rock Crusher, who is just dressed in a waiter's uniform. He was just chasing this guy on the street earlier today, and he doesn't recognize him. He doesn't try to change his voice. He doesn't do anything to change his mannerisms. This is a bad police officer. This is not a detective, obviously. This man should not be on the cops. I want to move for him to be removed from cops well here's the deal man that description number i talked about earlier yeah you know how he he only sees in numbers <laughs> sure <laughs> that just didn't work this time but that's the only time that's going to happen for him you mean aside from when it happened earlier yes so twice it's happened yes <laughs> just want to make sure i'll be over here <laughs> yeah it's consistent that's all i asked for remember it's a new standard on dptc is yeah. dumb but consistent yeah. so i only ask for consistency i don't ask for good okay. quality is way beyond what some of these people can shell out more than i can do for sure at this point after he stands up for whitney montgomery i just uh, it's such a whitney honestly, morgan whitney, oh is that <laughs> well i was about to say how like how it's funny because it's such a white girl sounding name but she's yeah. clearly not and then i can't even fucking get it right can i, I think, right it is whitney yeah. morgan right? i know you're totally right dude oh, okay. i i just <laughs> are you about to look it up <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Because I, I have it in my word document here. I can, okay. Yeah. No, but you're totally right, dude. It is. It is Whitney Morgan. You got me. You damn straight always get you. Uh, Whitney Morgan sees this this display of heroism from Hardtop. Her robot buddy Beamer, who is I think both her camera and her producer, because it seems like he is in charge of a lot. He says that she has an interview that he's set up with a shipping tycoon. This is so specific. <laughs> A shipping tycoon, and I believe he says the name Nathan Kelly. But uh, I would like to play a clip of Beamer, the robot producer camera, talking because he has a very specific way of talking that's very noir. Yeah. I want to know which actor this guy is doing an impression of because I just can't place it. Let's do it. Whitney, sweetheart. Yes, Beamer. I've set up an interview with Nathan Kelly. The shipping tycoon? The very same. Well, lead on, Beamer. So AI has advanced enough in this future so that it can like make decisions and talk to you like a human being, but apparently it can't synthesize human speech like our our inflections. All it can do is talk at this certain note. It can only talk like a 2001 GPS, <laughs> like a Tom Tom. Yeah, but like he, <laughs> but he also has an accent or a dialect at least. So it's like, hey, sweetheart, it is time to go talk to this guy. He almost sounds like a Kennedy. A little oh, bit, yeah, a little true. bit, but it's not, Schwedat is not a Kennedy thing though, but man, it's like so close. I just don't know what he's doing. Guys, write to us at dptooncast at gmail.com. Reach out to us on Twitter at dptooncast. Tell us what actor that we clearly will say, oh fuck, I should have known that is this guy. Please let us know because I'm just, I'm, I'm losing it. Whitney's running away to try and talk to this tycoon. Leaping. And she runs into Berserko. And again, sandwich is falling, by the way. <laughs> she knocks the sandwiches off the plate. Only at that point does Hartop really start to recognize, hey, I think there's something going on here. And he almost reacts to it, which he should, because these are clearly criminals that he saw and chased earlier today. But Bulletproof is like, oh, hold on. Let's just walk over there slowly. 
but with like determined looks in our faces. And Berserko just starts walking away like maybe I can just walk away from this without being recognized. Yeah. And then walking a little bit faster. Okay, kind of run in right now. Runs on into the kitchen. Somebody's putting frosting on a cake. And they're doing kitchen stuff. They're doing man. yeah, kitchen stuff. You know, I'm into Car- kitchen stuff. Doing cartoon kitchen. Cartoon stuff, kitchen man. stuff. Probably there's like somebody's like baking a cake. Somebody's cutting up fish. You know, whatever. That's two, what you do. Two in a dogs kitchen. are eating spaghetti until they kiss. Right out in the back. A lot of stuff. Like yeah, that. you're yeah. putting you're putting your scraps out for the doggies. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's a rat on top of a guy's hat making making stew. <laughs> <laughs> making, making, <laughs> making stew. You know, yeah. just making stew for fun. <laughs> Clearly, this is a, a criminal. His name's Berserko. You've seen him before. You've seen him today. He pulls a gun. Just right, like that's just his go-to. He just pulls this weird-looking gun. Like it looks like a real firearm, plus like something that you, as a kid, would have made out of paper mache and attached to like your toy gun to make it look futuristic. Watch your mouth. I'll watch your mouth. <laughs> and immediately, and we're about to get into something here. Hardtop and bulletproof take cover, and Hardtop says, "Probably should have brought our guns, huh?" This really bothers me. It bothers me so much that I I've I want to bring this to court. It's, I'm that offended by it. Okay. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They're the actual people who have already either filed suit or been served a summons to appear in tune court. Both parties in suit have agreed to dismiss their court cases and have their disputes settled here in our forum. Tune court. Tune court. Mm-hmm. This is really serious. I had to take a snack break and take <laughs> off my suit jacket because I had to get into lawyer mode. <laughs> Guys, this is Tune Court, and I need all of you to shut up and listen because we are honorably honorable in this court. We respect the court. I respect you, Travis. I respect you as the defense lawyer. Do you respect me? I'm about to disrespect you. Yes, okay. Take your money and disrespect you. Well, you're not. I'm not your client, so don't take my money, please, unless you're a criminal, in which case I'll see you in court. Here's your wallet back. Sorry about that. Thank you. I am going to open this up. Okay. I'm both the plaintiff and the prosecutor, apparently. I... Prosecutor Will, am charging the Central Organization of Police Specialists, also known as COPS. C.O.P.S, you mean? That's also a period after that S. S. Yes. I am charging them with poor plotting. That's a misdemeanor. Okay. I am charging them with poor implementation of plotting. Don't see how you're doing that. Misdemeanor. And finally, I am specifically charging Officer Bulletproof. With reckless endangerment of rich people on a blimp through use of explosives. Let's go section by section. Okay. Let's well, let's, let's just say this lawyer didn't go to lawyer to lawyer's academy high school. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good show. Is a high school just for young lawyers? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Sounds like an anime more. A little bit. Probably. Okay. So officers bulletproof and hardtop are pursuing a criminal on foot on a blimp. The criminal in question. One berserko pulls a firearm. Officer Hardtop comments, and I am paraphrasing, we should have brought our firearms, shouldn't we? This is irresponsible. It shows a lack of foresight on their part. And also, it is something that the animators and the producers of this show introduce at the moment that it would make a difference. Instead of saying it ahead of time, earlier, we shouldn't bring our guns onto a blimp because it could explode the blimp. 
they just bring it out later and say, we should have brought our guns. Should have brought our guns indeed. Well, why didn't you? No answer given, but an answer is expected by the end of this court case. Well, off top, in defense of this cartoon and its animators, I'm going to have to say that um, the reason one C dot O dot P dot S dot did not pack their pistols was that uh, during this 80s time of cartoons, cartoons had morals, lessons, yes. if you will. Oh, of course, yes. And Play the one, card. one, one, uh, Bazor- what? Berserko. <laughs> Berserko. One Berserko <laughs> had a pistol, all right? But he's bad. He's bad in this show. The good guys are the cops, all right? That would not set a good moral standard for the good and, you know, and the cops. It was never about the balloon getting shot down. It was about the morals. Well, it sounds like you're very concerned for the the youth that are yes. watching this show. It seems, as we all are. Yes, of course, uh, myself as well. And I, I am concerned uh, about the example being given by Officer Bulletproof when he brandishes a localized explosive twice on the blimp. So what I'm hearing from you is as follows, that we are trying to set a standard. A moral standard, if you will. A moral standard that, no, we will not carry firearms when we're off duty, though we carry them when we are on duty. Somehow this has become a moral issue. But also that we will, however, carry explosives in lieu of guns. On and or off duty is never for grabs here. All right, That was never debatable. If they were on duty, they'd be carrying their guns, no doubt. Yes, well, so, so it is, but, a, <laughs> but that's 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 neither here nor there. Neither here nor this is not even an argument. I refer back to the days past Tooncast dictum: dumb but consistent. It would be consistent to not be carrying firearms or explosives or weapons of any kind. However, explosives are present, guns are not, and this is a plot point that is brought up. In the very moment that it would matter most, as though the animators had not thought of them carrying guns until that very point. Well, I wish I paid attention to anything you just said. But I will tell you this, though. Reckless, yes. All right. Responsible, yes. Bad plot, no. No. Not at all. Not at all. It was consistent for the kiddies watching at home that you do not carry a pistol with you unless you are clocked in and getting paid for it. And as far as the bombs, do you have these bombs with you right now to show me that they're real? I have uh, video proof. You don't have any. Exhibit I'm A. It. I'm not seeing it. What's what's what's? Sir, you are under oath as a officer of this court. Did you or did you not see the premiere episode of the show Cops, the animated series Cops, for the purpose of this podcast? Yes, yes, but but I might have sneezed when that part was there. Might Therefore, have. negating all of it. A possible sneeze. Is this beyond a shadow of a doubt? But of course, it is not up to me, nor is it up to the defense to decide this case. Thankfully, it is up to the right honorable judge bot. And I ask you, your honor, have you reached a verdict in this case? Not guilty. (laughs) My lawyer high school paid off, buddy. This is what's wrong with the justice system, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) 
Look, me and Travis are going to talk about this. We're going to have that little interview in the in the yeah. outside the courtroom yeah. afterwards. We're going to talk about that. You guys go listen to this advertisement real quick. When you come back, hopefully we've got things worked out and we can talk a little bit about what's going on in the cops world. All right? It's ludicrous. Nature of the Beast. Discover the ugly truths and dark secrets of true crime, the paranormal, the occult, and conspiracy. Join your guides for weekly episodes and face the true nature of the beast. Greetings, citizens. Welcome back to the Days Past Tooncast, where Travis and I are discussing the ins and outs, the ups and downs. The sideways, the laterals. The diagonals and the other diagonals. The somersaults, the flips, the caddy corners and the caddy wampuses of C.O.P.S. Excellent work. You sure there's a dot after that S? I am entirely sure. <laughs> Because it's the Central Organization of Police Specialists, not the Central Organization of Police. Whatever. I'm I'm sorry if I'm a little testy. I'm coming off of a real bad defeat. Yeah, hide I'm those pretty things. Pretty bitter about that. Hide those testies. <laughs> not in my house, buddy. Okay. All right. So when we last were talking about the cops, before I schooled you, we'll talk about it. They were found wanting in the firearm department. They were faced with the firearm from Berserko in the kitchen, and other crooks show up with guns. The cops, bulletproof and hardtop, are completely cornered. They're powerless to do anything against these crooks. At which point... While, while setting a moral standard. Continue. Of, oh, Sorry. absolutely, yes. Sorry. I think that comes through really strongly when they get tied up and thrown into the freezer. We, we have to save this for the court. We can't <laughs> let this spill over into the rest of the episode. We'll, we'll never get out of here. One of the crooks, I think Berserko remembers Hardtop from earlier. So he's smart enough to remember Hardtop, but Hardtop barely remembers the crooks that he was chasing earlier, even though he's a detective or at least a police officer. The crooks are regrouping and they're all talking about the plan. They just have to go over it again. Berserko, he sounds like he, he because of his accent, he sounds like a surfer, kind of sounds like David Lee Roth. He kind of sounds brain damaged because he can't even remember the whole plan. Uh, here's the new game plan. You signal turbo and destroy the ship's radio. Ah, good. Meanwhile, I'll cut the flip loose while the boys rob the passengers. Great. Let's do it. Ah, don't forget to make me a doggy bag. I like those little sandwiches. Doggy bag. Right. Now get out there. (laughs) Get out there. Now get out there. Again, he's just ordering the other guy around. They just don't seem organized in any way. Unorganized crime. Disorganized crime for sure. (laughs) You're going to get them on DC. Yeah. (laughs) You need a DC strike team for them. Um, And man, does he just sound like a burnout? Like big time. Yeah. Like what's the new plan, man? (laughs) Locals rule. Yeah. Woo. By the way, get me one of those doggy bags full of sandwiches. I like those sandwiches. (laughs) That's really an important detail. Remember that doggy bag, guys. It's going to come back to bite you. Ooh, like a a dog. Back to the freezer where our two coppers are hanging out. Bulletproof breaks free of the ropes, freeze hardtop, and he radios headquarters with a 1033. 
This Ooh, is a proper worst code. Of its kind. It's a is proper. It? I looked it up. It's an emergency. Emergency. All units stand by. So that checks out as far as my police training goes. Uh, <laughs> Your degree that yeah, you have yeah. on the wall over my, here. My, yeah, yeah, my law keeping degree. That's law, though. Law. All of his police buddies back at the precinct. I guess they're just there all night. They're working the graveyard shift. Holla. Long arm, mace, barricade. I need help. Maybe not exactly like that, but he says he sends that message generally, and they're ready to receive this message at all times. All the times, they're so ready, they're gonna jump through chutes in the wall that look like you would load torpedoes into them. <laughs> and I don't know where they go. You just see them jump in and kind of slide, and then the next thing you see, cut to a helicopter just releasing out of the police <laughs> headquarters. Also, while they're running to their chutes, Mace has a funny thing to say. It's crime fighting time. Which is, you know, is the right thing to say, I think, when you're running off to fight crime. It's just that when you're a cartoon character and you turn directly to the viewer or the non-existent camera and say it to nobody in particular but the viewer, <laughs> I don't know. Just seems like a weird thing to do on a show that's, rel- I mean, not realistic, but they keep a tone. It's not like they know they're cartoon characters. Yeah. You know, it's not Looney Tunes. Hey, listen, the fourth wall can be broken at any time, buddy. Uh, well, we're proving that over and over again on this yes. show. Bulletproof produces a very localized tiny explosive. He's realized that the door has a certain kind of lock on I was, it. I was sneezing. I don't remember. Yeah, that. yeah. That, this Sorry. is alleged. This is alleged on my part. Yes. He attaches this little explosive and blows the door open, at least blows the lock on it, and they escape. And the first thing that they see is that the crooks are robbing the party goers. I've already covered my opinion on the explosives, on the blimp and not the gun, so I will... I will leave that. We've already reached a decision on that. We also get a glimpse here of Bulletproof's metal torso. His steel sternum. It's not something that's ever been explained. I only know about it because I read the Wikipedia article. It's not referenced at all in the show whatsoever. So I I don't know why even have it. You show it off. I wouldn't even wear a shirt if I had a metal torso. <laughs> Crusher is out there on the outside of the blimp cutting the ties and so every time he does this, the whole thing jostles about. There are only four of them. And I believe Berserko, very specifically later, is like, only three more to go! So you know exactly how many you're going to have to deal with. Like, it's a countdown. Bulletproof calls in a 1027. Which is an actual code, too? It's an actual code somewhere. And that somewhere says that it is a driver's license check. So that code is bunk. <laughs> Uh, the other cops are, have already arrived on their chopper, and they're actually on the elevator that brings them up to the platform where they can board the blimp, but they can't quite get onto the blimp yet because there's this whole connective apparatus that has to be connected, and at this point it has to be done manually. Yeah. So Bulletproof is going to take over dealing with Crusher. He's going to go find him, and he says, Hardtop, you go make sure the platform that's going to lock with the blimp, that that happens. You make sure our, our boys get in here. Well, Hardtop is like out there on the kind of like balcony of the blimp, just looking down at... I mean, who would not be afraid standing at that part of the blimp? There's just a low... It's like you're at the mall, and you're on the second story of the mall, and you're just looking over the side. That's what's keeping him from falling off the blimp right now. Right. So yeah, I'd be fucking scared. Why not? <laughs> And the blimp is, you know, rolling about and being cut off from its ties. Like, you should be afraid. Yeah. I think anybody would be afraid. I think Bulletproof is cut off from his emotions to not be afraid. Yeah. I think he hasn't recovered from his injuries. I'll go there anytime. I'll go there all the time. Dude, you just bought a season's pass to that, didn't you? You just bought a season's pass. I'm going to ride all the rides. Yeah, Yeah, no doubt. 
Mace, one of the cops, you know, the one that has the giant laser in the opening. I don't have to explain that, yeah. so you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. The one that doesn't look like a regular cop in this one. He says that if the blimp gets free, we'll never get on board. They're, they just took a flying vehicle to get to the elevator. I don't even know why they didn't just take the chopper to the blimp directly. That's true, man. <laughs> it just seems like they're trying to raise the stakes artificially. And I only like it organic. No doubt. I go to Trader Joe's for my steaks. Oh, my God. Yeah. Ooh. You're like, I go to Sprouts for this shit. <laughs> for my steaks, yeah. Whitney Morgan, she tries to get an interview from Berserko like 10 times in the midst of all this chaos. She just asks him, what's the deal with that bag you're carrying? It's just to remind us that he's carrying a doggy bag. Because, yeah. again, hey, folks, the doggy bag is important. Don't forget about the doggy bag. <laughs> One more again. Yeah, hey, the doggy bag. Remember, doggy bag. Um, she's a doggy bag. She's doggy bag. Doggy. Doggy bag. She's approaching an armed criminal to find out why he's stealing sandwiches for the purpose of journalism. Like at the end of the day, she's going to doggy bag. She's going to have this information for you and your family. Doggy bag. It's important. Like she doesn't, she'll suffer any injury. She'll do anything doggy bag to get that information to you and your family. Doggy I bag. thought the whole scene was way worth doggy bag than everything I've ever seen in the show. You know, it was meant to have a reason for that whole thing. Doggy bag. It was just the right length doggy bag. If you ask me, I think the animators made a good choice as far as like, remind me again, what is he carrying? It's a doggy bag and there you go thank you now i remember back to the action doggy bag bulletproof is sneaking up on crusher who's using something like a jackhammer yeah. <laughs> to, to, to get rid of these ropes i mean they're not they couldn't just be actual ropes they would have to be like metal coil of some sort that's holding the Could, blimp in place it couldn't just be some kite twine well you know travis i i don't think it could be but who knows in the future what they make kite twine out of? Cartoon law dictates. Mm, no. Let's save that. <laughs> okay. I don't want to disagree with you outside of the courtroom. Yeah. <laughs> it starts one right back up. Yeah, exactly. Oh, dude, that thing could be on and off throughout any episode, just about. He sneaks up on Crusher, who can't hear, I guess, what's going on over the buzzing of the jackhammer, and he throws another explosive, but this one's like a little electrical burst or something like that. It yeah. just freaks him out, makes him drop the jackhammer. Bulletproof, because the whole thing is jostling about, he falls over the edge and is dangling from this rope. He's got a way a lot. He's a big looking guy, for starters. I don't know, a third of him is made out of metal. So unless it's like some kind of NASA metal, I imagine he's pretty hefty when it comes to the LBs. So he's going to yeah. be pretty strong to be like <laughs> dangling there for any amount of time. And he seems to be dangling for what seems like five minutes. Yeah. Like a long time that he's just kind of like, like, get up, stop crime. Gotta get up there. Maybe less dynamic than even that. <laughs> Must no get, stop crime. <laughs> Can't let criminals rob. Turbo Two-Tone arrives with Dachapa. And <laughs> as Berserko is heading over that way, yeah. the reporter again asks him for an interview. Ask more questions. The robot gets involved in it. Her little robot buddy. Yes. Beamer. He picks him up. Like, I mean, this is like, I could feel the, the rage in the animation, and I kind of felt like doing it too. It's like, stop asking me these fucking questions, okay? We're in the middle of a crime. People are probably going to die. People are getting hurt. Like, I'm getting mad about it right now. Like, I would pick up this robot and throw it out the window, and that's what he does. He breaks the glass that's keeping that room sealed away from the air and just throws the thing over. We're talking about, like, stories in the sky. I really thought that that robot was going to come back from that. It does, seems it, like they it, put a lot of emphasis on it. It doesn't. <laughs> Maybe in another, we don't know, maybe in another episode, we'll get some more Beamer action. Ooh. Some more robot team. Action News 5 robot team. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's a dance movie. Okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I thought it was like a gun or a camera. 
I don't know if it's like the sight of a robot, a poor robot being thrown to its death that makes it to where Bulletproof has the strength to finally pull himself up. And he walks through the hole in the glass that's just been made and it starts to try to arrest everybody, which is like a pretty ballsy thing because it's just like him against a bunch of people. He's like, you're all under arrest. And then in mid-sentence passes out. Why does he pass out? Why? It's very simple. Don't get lawyery on me. I want Travis. I don't want the defense. Don't give me that look. <laughs> I can't, I can't he's, the, Travis sometimes door. looks at me like almost like how, like a teacher looks at you over their glasses. Like he's looking at me through the pop guard in front of his mic over his mic. Like he's, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. No, well, the, the answer is because they need him too. Like I don't, I don't buy, <laughs> he has suffered no actual injury so far as I can tell. He was able to dangle there for five minutes and then pull himself up. Am I to believe that, like, by doing a pull-up, finally, that he has used all of the energy reserves in his body and he just passes out? Well, he's got a lot of iron in his blood. <laughs> what does that even have to do with it? He, he's he got steel. He's part steel. So well, iron in yeah. his blood. I was making a joke. I'm just paying you back for that tune court. Okay. Thropping you gave me. Listen, bro. It's You know how I am with these things, man. Like, I don't expect... I know I'm not watching a cop show. I'm watching a cartoon for kids. But it just... If you need him passed out and unconscious, there's a better way to get him there than just having him walk in and fall over like he was just given a roofie or something. Yeah. You know, like, there's, there's a better way to get there that's probably more interesting than just, I did a pull-up, oh, I'm kind of lightheaded, fall over. That's why I take issue with it. Not because it doesn't make sense. Whatever, man. I don't think I asked too much, but judging by your exhalation of breath, I'm sounds like I do. <laughs> you're like, either that or you're passing out in front of me right now. Yeah, I think you might have just done a pull-up. Crusher is out there still cutting those lines. However he can, he cuts another one. So that's leaving one left, according to Mike. One kite twine. That's right. Hardtop is really scared. He's trying to basically connect like a little grabber thing that would connect the platform to the blimp. Yeah, big fucking deal. Seems like you can just <laughs> jump from one edge to the other if you're a bunch of super cops. Like, we're talking about what looks like a 10-foot difference. Hardtop is just standing there and, like, freaking out about this thing, which he's standing over the edge of a blimp. Why not? And Longarm, his buddy, just yells, snap out of it. Like, snap out of your reasonable fear of falling many, many stories to your death. Just snap out of it. Fucking stop <laughs> worrying about it, dude. Relax, you weirdo. He doesn't get over it. He just accidentally falls to... Closer to where he needs to be. Well, apparently falling on accident actually did cure his fear. And I mean, that's there's something to be said for like exposure therapy where you just do something enough. So we got cops in the blimp now. We got the entire cop team. The C dot O dot P dot S dot. Yes. It is it does it does sound weird to end with a dot. I agree. I but I'm proud of you for sticking to it once you got I, it right. I don't think it's real. I'm gonna check okay, in a yeah, second. You're welcome to check the the source of evidence is clear. Uh, I'm just gonna Photoshop one without without it just like it's just like a little spray paint like yeah. <laughs> it's just barely done. <laughs> the, we got cops all up in that blimp and they run to the staircase. This is a really weird shot. I don't know if you saw this because you might have been sneezing at the time. But there's just like Berserko is running off. Like he's gotten mad enough at he's going berserk. Yeah, he's going berserk. He grabs the reporter and just has her over his shoulder and is yelling something that gets buried because he's not on screen anymore. We just watched like a, a little army of like ten crooks in waiters uniforms running towards with guns out, and they're all talking. Allegedly. <laughs> they're all talking and their mouths are moving, but it's like it's walla, it's background noise, but it's loud. You can't hear what they're saying. 
they didn't know who to make the prominent noise and they didn't know who to show on screen. But it's just guys running all in unison going bam, 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 bam. Like, and but you can't hear what they're saying. <laughs> like a cocktail party. Yeah, basically. Well, they stop quickly when they get to this little staircase where our cops are have arrived. They're standing strong and they're ready for a fight. A war. Oh, dude, this is a brutal war. fight. If you like... What is it good for? Absolutely something. Absolutely every damn thing in this cartoon. This is all about war. Yeah. The war on the streets, the war in the skies, <laughs> the war on drugs. Mm-hmm. These guys who've been kind of sidelined through the episode, they're going to shine. And if you like brutal fisticuffs, if you like cops jumping into the air and somehow surfing along very long dining tables. Momentum coming from God knows where. If you like cops jumping into the air and starting to read their Miranda rights to crooks that they have yet to subdue without even requesting them to stop doing the crimes that they're doing and using tea urns as shields for bullets that are at least as powerful as the ones in the present because it's the future. And if you like police officers like Mace Swinging on ropes that come from somewhere and doing a literal Tarzan yell and accidentally knocking out a criminal just because he falls off of it. My friend, this is the fight for you. <laughs> the longest lead in yes. ever. Well, and that guess what? I not only that the lead in is also the summary of the entire fight because yeah. that's all that, that's what happens. It's like I don't know why they were hired for their special skills and technology. Their actual like powers or whatever is they're really good at using found implements in whatever environment they're in to do what they need to do. Cakes, knives, tea urns, ropes. Like that's what they seem to rely on almost more than whatever special gadgets they have. Now you've never gone into a party and slid on a dining room table like that? If I ever went to like a party. One, one one foot in a turkey, one 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 foot in a hen and just just slid down. If I ever went to a party, I would show a little more class than that. <laughs> Berserko is escaping with Whitney still over his shoulder. I don't know what he plans to do with her because ultimately he just leaves her behind. But he's mad at her enough to like pick her up and just kind of manhandle her. Not mad enough to actually punch her. Although he does threaten it. He says he'll t- he'll give her an exclusive knuckle sandwich, which he I does. thought was pretty like, funny. More than once, yeah. right? And I mean, look, if you're a criminal, especially... You're pretty. You got no rules. You're yeah. You hit anybody. You hit one person. You hit another. It doesn't matter. But it's just like it is the point where he kind of loses his shit. It's just like you're gonna make me punch you because you won't shut up. Like just go go be scared with the rest of the victims right? in the yeah. room. Like stop trying to get a story out of me. This is the story. You're seeing it. There's no information necessary. Yeah, I found that part pretty weird. Yeah. Well, he gets to the chopper with her, and then he goes, "Oh, I forgot the loot," because he in the all this business, he's dropped the bags that he was carrying. This is all so fucking telegraphed. I mean, (laughs) there's no surprise here. He runs back and he grabs one of two big sacks that are on the floor. He was carrying two sacks before, one full of loot that they had stolen from people and one that was a doggy bag bag. full of sandwiches. Right. He grabs a bag, Uh runs back to the chopper. And Whitney tries to get one last interview. She falls off the side. Now she's hanging for dear life. And now it's hard tops time to shine, baby, because he doesn't care about those heights anymore. It's gone. Cured. <laughs> he's over. It. Yeah, he's over it, baby. It's just like, I mean, if I had, I don't know. It's so fast. It's so fast for it to be that brutal that he had such a fear, like just a a, a crippling fear of heights. And now it's just like, I guess when he sees this woman that he really just is, let's admit it, he's not in love with her. He's just totally 
lusting after this lady on the news like many of us have done. Like, I'm not going to jump for any of my—I'm not going to jump over the side of a blimp for any of the newswomen here in the DFW. Okay. That's just my—I'm sorry. That's a limit for me. All right. That's a good— I'll go to certain lengths. Not that. Yeah. Hardtop reaches over just as Whitney is losing her grip and grabs her without any, like, grabbing onto anything else. (laughs) Without grabbing onto anything else, without anything to brace himself on. He's just, like, picking up what I assume has to be at least 110 pounds or so. Yeah, I mean, she's kind of tallish. I I don't know. but continue. Okay, well, let's talk to Whitney afterwards. We'll we'll do a after DPC (laughs) Netflix special. We'll have an interview with her. He just grabs this full-grown woman and just lifts her like you were like a sack of flour. What's the strength level on this show? What is the standard? Love. Love, Love is the strength will level. make you do crazy things. Oh, baby. You just made my heart melt. Right? Yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> the cops don't win this case. You've got Rock Crusher is charging hardtop from behind. Like, he's trying to catch up, like, while he's holding Whitney, who's passing out because she's so afraid of heights. So it's, hey, everybody has this problem. You didn't have to be ashamed of that, right? Right. Crusher is running at him from behind, and Longarm captures him from far away with the cuffs. Cool. So that guy gets captured. That crook is going to be behind bars for at least, you know, overnight. <laughs> I'm assuming. <laughs> eight, eight hours. In However long world. it takes for him to get a new hat, you know, and, and then get out of there. But the other ones have all escaped. Mace and Berserko have escaped, and we cut over to their chopper and big boss is wanting to know what's the cut of the loot like what you guys you did it you successfully you made a big fucking spectacle of it and we lost a lot of guys in the field probably a lot of people arrested we'll probably flip on big boss like in a second but at least we made off with this giant bag of loot right i assume i mean it's just like a potato sack or something i don't know how much they really fit in there berserk opens up the bag he looks a little nervous he grabbed the wrong bag you didn't, you didn't see this coming. Travis Travis didn't see it coming. I didn't see it coming. I think a detective would have to be called in to see this coming. He didn't grab the loot. Mace finds the bag with the loot back on the blimp. The bag is a doggy bag. That's right. A doggy bag. We close this case, which, again, the only reason they're successful in any way, if you even want to call it a, a, a closed case, is that... The criminal accidentally grabbed a bag of sandwiches instead of the loot that he was trying to steal. That's not a great way to establish your ability as cops to me, a new viewer. <laughs> I want to see you like earn it. I want to see you do some detective work. I want to see you actually stop them from doing things, not just it worked out so that I didn't even have to do my job that well. But we close out with, you know, Morgan is very Montgomery, you mean. I'm just kidding. I just called her the wrong name anyway. Her name's Whitney. <laughs> her last name is Morgan. I'm not her her volleyball coach. Morgan, get over here. <laughs> she sends out a very special message to Hardtop. All right. Saying, this one's for you. Also, one of the cops, Longarm, says to Hardtop, what's this? He says it like, like he heard it through the grapevine. What's this I heard about you having a fear of heights? Hardtop just says, not anymore. Anyone can conquer their fears. And he's kind of looking at the camera like, even you, kiddos, it's okay to be afraid, but don't be afraid. You cannot be afraid of anything. I don't like that message. I think the message should be, some fears are rational. Hold on to them. Be be afraid. Stay safe. Yeah, stay safe. Be conservative. Just a little bit on this business. Heights are scary. They're dangerous. But that's and we close, of course, with the literal closing of a case file, the Manila folder we saw right. at the beginning. The iconic. That's right. And bulletproof says case closed. 
which he shouldn't have sound very proud about it because you know he did he passed out and they only won because somebody else fucked up. That's the cops. Doggy bag. We're gonna come back. Travis and I have some information to share about these cops, and then we'll get you guys home in time for dinner. Okay. Okay. Hey, listeners. My name is Krista, and I host a narrative true crime podcast called The Dark Divide. I've always been interested in the circumstances and events which shape a seemingly ordinary life into something made out of our worst nightmares. And now I get to take you all along through the depths of obsessive research and my need to explore the unknown. So I invite you to come stare into the abyss with me. Right now we're available on iTunes and Podbean. See you there. We're back. Travis and I are going to wrap things up on cops here. Uh, I'd like to share. Oh, yeah. A little bit of trivia for you. I'm from the cops. I'm from the future. Isn't that tops? I wear the blue. I wear the black. I'm going to go home and hit the sack. I don't carry guns to the store. I don't carry guns anymore. If I'm off... If I'm off duty, if I'm off duty, gonna shoot that booty. Peace. I had three to four rhymes. (laughs) I definitely want a post-mortem on that from you later, Travis. I want a big... No doubt, dude. You start kicking your legs when you start rapping. I I kick them around like I'm a puppet. (laughs) Like I'm Howdy Doody. (laughs) So, a little bit of trivia, a little bit of cast stuff. Here we go. Trivia. Yes. The show only ran from 88 to 89, but it was still in syndication for a while after that. Damn syndication. Syndication, man. Here's the thing. There was another show that came on the air called Cops. They just forgot to put the periods in it, right? I think I think it was a misprint, but they decided to run with it, and it turned into this reality show where they're, I, don't, I think it's still going to this day, insanely popular. Once cops came on TV, they started broadcasting this show as cyber cops, just to draw a distinction between the two. I don't think kids were like, you know, getting them mixed up, but they yeah. would see them, at least in the on, listings. On the TV guy. Yeah, exactly. If you, yeah, you didn't have the, if you went to Channel 28, I don't think that existed then, did it, on cable? I don't know. Like don't the know. blue windows that would just be scrolling infinitely up, telling you what's on at what time. Right, right, right. God, remember, oh my God, I can't believe that ever happened. The caveman times. <laughs> Uh, on the toys, there were little bios written on the backs of the packages. And again, this is Hasbro. So they did G.I. Joe. And they did the whole mini comics thing with G.I. Joe. They didn't do mini comics here. They did these little bios on the back. Guess who wrote those? Little orphan kids from Indonesia. That's probably the truth. But the person they credit it with is small children from the Philippines. No, they would never give credit to them, Travis. Okay. Yeah. You credit them, you would acknowledge their existence. All right. All right. Yeah. You don't want that. You don't want Interpol getting involved in that. (laughs) No, they just said that Larry Hama, the guy who pretty much created all the G.I. Joe shit we talked about, Larry Hamana, 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 he wrote those. Because it seems like this is almost interchangeable. They're like, why don't we just do to cops what we did to the army? Boom. But they didn't quite do that. Uh, they did, and I really want to find one of these because I'd like to come back to this show. I feel like there's something good in there. They have some two-part episodes. I really would like to come back to it and just squeeze a little bit more juice out of it, you know? I think there's a little bit of Cheeto dust at the bottom of that bag. Yeah. 
And for the next time, I would like to find at least one of these. They would often play PSAs that were called Cops for Kids, which makes it sound like they're police that policed only children. But it's actually PSAs where they would either do a cartoon or a live action thing where it's like, you know, it's basically the G.I. Joe's and knowing's half the battle, but with the cops <laughs> on the cast as a as a trend across the board. A lot of these actors were in two particular shows. Dino Saucers. Dino Saucers. Those two, it seems like I'm just putting two words together, right? Yeah. No. A, a prefix and a, and a noun? No. That's actually a show that I now am really interested in because I, I had it on our master list, the DPTC Excel spreadsheet of shows, 150 and growing, but I had it written down under the 80s stuff, and it looks like it's kind of crazy. I want to check it out now. They also did, do you remember Mad Balls? Okay. Well, no. then we'll talk about it later, but Mad Balls. Okay. They happened to a lot of these actors were on both of those shows. As Bulletproof, we have Ken Ryan. I see no other cartoon credits for this guy when I tr do research on him. No VOs. I do see him on appropriate shows such as Mantis on Fox. Do you remember that show? Black guy in a wheelchair, but he's a superhero at night. Yeah. Yeah. When it didn't was that? When was that? Early 90s. Dude, I'd, I'd have to goog that. Well... He was also on the Commish. He was on the X Files. These are all guest spots. I mean, he wasn't yeah. like a you know a lead, but like it's just I picked out the shows that seem most appropriate <laughs> for this one. He was also on the Outer Limits. You remember that used to come on after Saturday Night Live, the new yeah. version of it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, loved yeah. that. Always, I liked the show, but it also meant that my night was coming to a close Saturday when Night. When was it? What years? Uh -huh. Like I think that's mid nineties as well. It ran for at least it was in repeats for a long time. It seemed like I don't know how what the actual run was. But mid-90s, probably? Why not? <laughs> yeah, sure. This isn't the Days Past television cast. This is Days Past 2 cast. I don't have to know that stuff. That's true. Hardtop was played by Darren Baker. Uh, his only other voiceover cartoon role that I found was Jace, the title role, on Jace and the Wheeled Warriors. It's another one that I barely know anything about. I really want to check it out now, just based off of the image and the name. So... Uh, he's done a lot of TV work to this day, including, and these I thought were, I chose these for a reason. He did Law & Order SVU, and he has done multiple appearances on Law & Order, the original. Wow. Dun, 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 dun. The, ba -ba the, the, the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon right there for that ass. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Longarm, played by John Stalker. He was towed on like a lot of versions of Super Mario Brothers animations, so little Mushroom Man. He also played, and this is a throwback to our second episode, he played the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man on the Ghostbusters cartoon. You may better know him as the Jet Puffed Ghosty Man. <laughs> and he also uh, had a recurring role on Sailor Moon, which was like an anime show for the yeah, ladies, largely. Yeah, That's yeah, very, yeah. a huge pop, uh, following over here in the U.S., Rock Crusher was played by Brent Titcomb. I might be putting the wrong emphasis, but it is spelled exactly like it sounds. <laughs> sure sounds like you are. Spelled exactly like it sounds. All right. It's a comb for your chest. All right. Uh, Clifford, here's, here's the thing that killed me. So the guy who played Rock Crusher, the one that sounds like a dum-dum, right? Yeah. Played Clifford the Big Red Dog on Clifford the Big Red Dog in 1988. And he's also a folk singer. Interesting. Wouldn't have, you wouldn't think such an insensitive character would be such a sensitive... I don't know if he's sensitive. He, I didn't he, check out his he music. He must have been John Ritter's uh, predecessor. Oh, is that right? The, yeah. John Ritter um, played out Clifford up until his untimely passing. I had no idea. Yeah. Hey, the more you know. The more you know. Dee, dee, dee. Now, I'm not sure who took Started over after him. he passed away in 2000. Maybe it was Brent... Three, I think, right? Maybe it was uh, Brent Chestbrush. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, we have a, a twofer. 
Oh. Lynn Carlson played both Mace and Big Boss. Here's one that I like. He played Senator Robert Kelly on the X-Men cartoon from 1992. That is a very much a recurring role. Like, a very boring character because he's not one of the X-Men, so who gives a shit, right? <laughs> but he was in that a lot. Like, his his image is burned in my my... 10-year-old brain for sure so i think that's worthy of also because it's possible we could do that show in the future i think so Maybe. i'm just saying if it's well, not gambit i don't really want to hear about it well gambit will be in the okay. show yeah he also played ganon the legend of zelda villain on captain n uh, uh-huh. and the zelda animated show finally this is the closest thing i have to like a big bombshell to drop on you travis and i need you to oversell your response if you can please because it's not that great but lynn carlson played the jolly green giant on the jolly green giant commercials what the hell i I know you're angry i'm sorry don't shoot the messenger but he did that's crazy man yeah sadly he passed in 2006 but he continued doing voiceover up until that time Mm -mm -mm. yeah and that's it that's all your cops trivia from me well you came you came stacked i'm stacked up well, uh, man, enough about that shit. How, how about you say we get in a little, another little segment? I uh, like that. Better check your watch. Because it's time for Travis's Tooncast Toy Corner. Yes, indeed. It's everyone's favorite time of this podcast. Um, the time where Will doesn't talk as much as me. And it's time we can rejoice, you know, and listen to uh, the boy with the toys. Travis, it's my time. All right, Will. Oh, <laughs> are you channeling? What do you do over there? Are you, are you... I'm just preparing. Okay, <laughs> you're getting ready. <laughs> All right, Will. Let's say I were to happen peruse the internet and find a, a C dot O dot P dot S dot action figure of Bulletproof. It's pre-owned. Nice condition. How much money you think this bad boy would go for? And this is all hypothetical, you're saying? If you happen to look this if, up on the internet. If one, if one were to perhaps have some information on his Samsung. You know, the more you talk like seg- this. For a segment. The more you talk like that, the more criminal the ha- you sound. How much money would that be? Used. Keep in mind used. Okay. He's got a metal chest. That's going to add a little bit of money, I would think. So, I don't know, like 50 to 30. Not 50 to 30, but $52 and 30 one-hundredths of dollars. Will? Yeah. Oh, shit, I didn't think about what I was doing. I haven't taken my finger my fingers off the chess piece yet. What do you got, buddy? You, you, you want to stick to that? No. Because this might be the end of our podcast No, completely. I don't want to stick with that because I'm not even thinking about what we're actually dealing with. Okay. Those are like, those are, that's like G.I. Joe numbers. Yeah, dude. Um, let's, let's, uh, let's say $10. Well... Yeah. <laughs> How would you react if I told this you... This is not a game anymore. This is us just trying not to... <laughs> what would you do if I told you you could get this bad boy for $14.60? Oh, good Lord. I almost said 15 Do you actually want to know what I would do? What? No, I'm asking, do you actually want to know what I would do what? if you told me that? <laughs> yes, what? I'd say, okay. Okay, good deal. Yeah. All right, well, let's move down the, the chassis here. Okay. And let's say I found a Big Boss Crime King action figure. Okay. All right. This is the big boss. This is what, what is his action? Like petting his cat? Eating a burger? From this picture, it looks like his action is hardly anything. Okay. Um, Wearing this, a suit. This is a 1988 Hasbro toy, very vintage, pre-owned once again. Decent condition. 
How much money? <laughs> These don't seem to garner quite the respect from their owners as not at all. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. These, or... have, been, these have been everywhere. Well, you know what? They get played with because they're quality. Okay. That's what it is. A good That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay, so we got a big boss. Well, I would think that he would get like, uh, let's say, six dollars. Let's Will, say, Will, 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 is your hand still on that chess piece, buddy? Yeah. You know, I'm rethinking what once, I'm once saying. Once again, you know we're talking about cops and not and not Thundercats or GI Joe. You know, or I have to. I'm having to recalibrate Ninja my system. Anything? Yeah, cal- recalibrate that. I'm for just. A second. Uh, I'm just a little flabbergasted that six dollars, a single digit bid, is still too high for this loose figure. But let's just bring it down to no digits and say it's a point oh five dollars. So five cents. <laughs> Will, what would you do if I told you you get one of these bad boys for $5.50? Okay. Oh, my God. So it's 50 cents fucking over? My God. This is bullshit. Could, could have blown our whole podcast I know. Man, for 50 for cops. Good for Lord. For cops. Well, thank God that you're also playing my my coach on this as well as my challenger. No doubt. All right. Well, let's let's move on down the pike here. And let's say I found a um, Hasbro C. dot O. dot P. dot S. dot S. dot C. O. P. D. S. D. 1988. Checkpoint sealed. This is a sealed checkpoint action figure. I was gonna say, is this a person or like a like a no refusal weekend checkpoint that you set up as a playset? That'd yes. be pretty cool. Yes, that'd be neat. It's not that though. <laughs> State trooper and tow and everything. Yeah, yeah. No, Trunk this, tank to the side. No, this is just a. Uh, it's just a character, man. Okay. I, well, I guess this character wasn't in the episode we watched. Checkpoint. You don't have to guess. It's a no. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now he's probably mentioned at the end in that long roll call they do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um. Once again, he is still in his package, sealed, brand new, is what it says here. What's the name again? Checkpoint. That's such a stupid name, dude. What does that even mean? That's a checkpoint. It's so passive, like mace. That's something that goes in your face. That's a, that's a weapon. Checkpoint. Uh. Okay. Well, like that's got to be. It's in a box. It's not selling the box separate. No. Okay. Not no, one of these not assholes. One of no. It's not okay. One of but I do have a funny one later on. Okay. We'll great. Um. Uh, let's say four twenty dollars. Oh, drugs. Four twenty dollars. Four twenty dollars. <laughs> Don't tell the police. Don't tell the cops, please. That I said four twenty. What, what is that? Four dollars. Four dollars and twenty cents. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's no, in a I'm fucking just, box. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Sixty five ninety seven. Oh, good lord. Well, that's. That still seems overpriced. <laughs> that seems overpriced. The other one seemed underpriced to me. All right. Well, here's 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 Mr. Funny Pants for you. A 1988 Hasbro Cops ATAC Armored Tactical Assault Car Vehicle Cover Part. It's only it's only the cover part. So wait 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 wait. Yeah. What does that What does that mean? Cover part. It's just it's just like the top like shell for this toy that was sold as a whole. So it's like a, it's almost like a replacement piece. For so like, when you said hard top car earlier, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is what you were referring to, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. So, but it's not sold as a replacement part. It's just a loose replacement part. Yes. Oh my god. So it's pre- it's pretty much just like yeah, it's just the top shell of this of this car that it's was like sold. a lion of foot. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Good lord. <laughs> pre-owned too. But this is being sold. <laughs> of course. There, someone isn't just posting this as a, this is on my front lawn. Come get it. No, this like, is being for sold, trash buddy. day. My God. Uh, and g- go ahead and give me with shipping too on this one. 
<laughs> just to make it interesting. Okay. Well, I can't imagine it's too heavy. Um, so I'll probably add like a dollar for shipping just to be safe. And <laughs> I like that look you just gave me. Mm, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gentlemen's testy today. Ooh. Yeah. Spicy. Uh, but for that piece, I mean, so a dollar and one cent. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, this is going to blow your fucking mind. No, don't. $13 in total for this bad Free boy. Free loose that's, piece. That's, that's a $9 piece with $4 shipping. Once again, this is just the hood of a of a, of of a, a car that... No one has. <laughs> yes. Yeah. A replacement... How can you even replace that piece? I mean, it's just a full toy. It shouldn't be off of the toy in the first place. Well, we don't ask questions when it comes to toy I world. do. I ask all the questions. You these just people, answer them. These people don't. You ask me a lot of questions, Will. Anyways, my name's Travis. What would you say if I did this? Yeah. Anyways, man, <laughs> let's move. Let's move right down the path, man, to that little finish line. I okay. call the last toy here. Please. All right, man. What would you do if I told you I found a cops roadster blue streak? I guess that was their little is, car they rode. Okay, I was going to say, is that the name or? So this is a cussing car. It's like a night rider. But less classy. Um, uh, this is pre-owned. Um, yeah, it's just just a little, you know, just a little car. I guess Lightly, they, how they many miles? What's the mileage? Um, it's really low, man. Really low. <laughs> just whatever really low is, that's yeah. what it is. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, let's drive this car right over the finish line since and that's g- where give, we're headed. Uh, give me shipping too to make it interesting. Shipping too. Do you want me to name them separately, or do you want me to put them into a total? Whatever you feel comfortable with. Well, I don't feel very uncomfortable with any of this. Uh, give me, give me separate, just so I know. What so you're you know what I'm with. talking about. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was very surprised with the shipping ahead of time with that piece of a car. I would imagine it's more. It was like four dollars earlier. So let's say five fifty for shipping, and for the car itself, let's say ten dollars. Interesting. Very interesting. What would you do if I told you? <laughs> You could get wait, wait, this. Wait, wait, wait. Travis, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Are you really concerned with what I would do when you ask me these things? Dude, from the bottom of my heart, you, man. Because I never answer your question. I, sh- I show you what I would do. Like, I don't even tell you. I just react the way I react, and then I answer your question with that, I guess. But right, well, I feel like I'm leaving you hanging. You know what I got to say to you, man? Yeah. Is what would you do if I told you <laughs> that you could get this... <laughs> This Hasbro Roadster Blue Streak for $192.84. Free shipping, by the way. Holy, dude, that was a fucking trick you played on me. Yep. And it was $202.99. You can get this bad boy for $192.84. And I'm just saying, and you know what? I got to wrap this up by saying, that's toy time with Travis. <laughs> Man. Yeah, I was not sure of what to expect, but I did not expect that there would be anything over $70 today on this toy time. Guys, I'd like to say that you can reach the Days Past Tooncast at DaysPastTooncast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter. We're active on there, at DPTooncast. We also are on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash DPTooncast. Check it out. Join in the fun. We release little images on there. You might not get to see them unless you go to these places. Come in the conversation. Let us know what you like, what you want to see, what you want. We, we're, we're here for you. This is a service that we're providing. If you're not communicating with us, you're just, what are you doing? What are you doing with your life? We're your podcast servants. That's right. I'm the guy in the corner with the Thundercats podcast in my trench coat. You don't even have to slip me a five. <laughs> I'm going to give it to you. You just got to show up and say something. For free 99. That's right. (laughs) 
check us out on any of those spots. And of course, subscribe to us anywhere you like to subscribe to podcasts. Wherever you subscribe to us or listen to us, please rate and review us if you can. The more you do that, the more likely we are to be put out into the world for others to hear. And everyone benefits with more DPTC in their life. Travis, do you have anything you would like to share with these good people? Yeah, sure do, man. I do a, a true crime podcast with uh, Catherine and Brandon called Nature of the Beast. It's found everywhere podcasts are found, just like we are found. And it's a true crime podcast with a twist. It's fucking great. That does sound great. It's huge. Come back this Wednesday. We have a very special episode planned for you. Everything's a special episode around here. This is a little different from usual because we're going to be discussing all three episodes of the 1984 miniseries Transformers More Than Meets the Eye. This is the original debut of the Transformers. We're talking all three episodes. If you guys want to go check it out before we blast your ear holes with our opinions of it, Our thoughts on it, you know what it is now. Be back here on Wednesday. That is a huge deal. All right, guys. Well, I'd like to to nominate uh, myself for a tutoring of my duder. Travis? Hey, knock, knock. Who's there? Tutor. Tutor who? Tutor my duder. Oh, man. You guys. that coming, did you? No, man. I never see that. You've said that to me before, too. All right, guys. This is Will for the DPTC signing off and saying that as far as the c.o.p.s. is concerned. Case closed. <laughs>